Chapter Five of Tea: Its Mystery and History. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Betty B. Tea: Its Mystery and History by Samuel Phillips Day. Chapter Five: History of the Tea Trade. In 1658, the Honorable East India Company directed to be sent home by their ships 100 pounds weight of the best tea they could get, this doubtless being considered a pretty large supply. The company had previously presented to Catherine of Braganza on her birthday a chest containing 22 pounds, a notable gift commemorated by Waller. In 1671 came the Taiwan present from the ruler of Bantam. During the three subsequent years, the company bought of Mr. Thomas Garway and others 562.5 pounds of tea, which was either given away or consumed by the court of committee. From 1675 to 1677, no record exists of either purchases or imports. Hence, it is evident that tea was not regarded as a source of private revenue at that period. Who could have fancied the marvelous change that a century or two would effect? Who could have thought that the tea trade was destined to become one of the most important branches of our commerce, and not only so, but to occasion several wars, lead to the extension of our eastern possessions, and precipitate the great Chinese exodus, which threatens such important results to the Pacific States of America, to Australia, the Polynesian Islands, and possibly to the world at large? There is nothing in the history of commerce so marvelous as the growth and development of the trade in tea. In 1675, the importation of this commodity rose to 4,713 pounds, but this enormous quantity manifestly overstocked the market for seven years afterwards. In 1685, the importations amounted to a little over 12,000 pounds. Four years later, 25,000 pounds arrived, which caused the market to be glutted for a lengthened period giving rise to considerable depression in that special branch of commerce. About this period, the duty was taken off the made tea and a regular impost of five shillings per pound imposed. During the first 12 years of the 18th century, the total quantity of tea imported was 1,102,070 pounds, showing an average of 91,922.5 pounds. This result is the more remarkable as it exceeded the previously unheard of quantity imported in 1700. Yet we find that in the 11 years succeeding, this amount became nearly doubled, probably owing to a reduction of duty to four shillings a pound, in addition to a customs impost of 14%. The tea trade, still ever augmenting, received a further impetus in 1746, when the duty was reduced to one shilling a pound the customs duty being fixed at 25%. During the following 12 years, the average importation amounted to 2,558,080 pounds. Another period of eight years, 1760 to 67, gives an average of 4,333,267 pounds, then taking an additional 10 years to complete the century. The first really commercial importation of 4,713 pounds in 1778, had grown to an average of 
948,238 pounds, and this, notwithstanding that besides the 25% customs duty and the one shilling per pound excise impost, there had been imposed an additional excise 30%. Further, in the concluding six years of the century, the tea importations had further augmented to 21,706,718 pounds. The 91,183 pounds of 1,700 having become a century later upwards of 25 million pounds. In 1784, the Commutation Act passed the legislature. By its provisions, the East India Company were compelled to make quarterly sales of tea to sell even as low as one penny a pound above prime cost and to keep a sufficient quantity for one year's consumption always on hand. The same year, Mr. Pitt reduced the duty to 12.5%, to which act is ascribed the enormous increase in the trade. Although in 1795 the duty was raised to 20%, still the consumption of tea increased. Early in the 19th century, other fiscal changes occurred. The customs duty, for example, was fixed at 6%, and the excise duty 90%, in value, while in 1819, the former impost was repealed and the latter made cent per cent. However, nothing that statesmen or financiers could effect seemed to check the growing fondness of English people of all social grades for their cherished beverage. Accordingly, we find that during the first 27 years of the present century, a period which completes the third 50 years of the tea trade, the average annual consumption amounted to about 29 million pounds since 1827 the intervening half century has witnessed several fiscal changes in the tea trade the first and most important occurred in 1834 when the excise duty became removed differential customs duties were imposed and the long existing monopoly of the east india company was abolished in 1835 practically the first year of free trade the imports exceeded by 30% any previous period. The following year, at the request of the tea dealers and brokers, the differential duties were repealed and a fixed impost of two shillings in the pound imposed, the result being an increase of importation to the extent of 50 million pounds. In 1840, a rate of 5% was charged, thus raising the duty to two shillings, two and a quarter pence per pound. Although the war with China, coupled with the simultaneous distress in the manufacturing districts, caused a temporary check to importation, still the conclusion of peace and the repeal of the Corn Laws had their due effect in an opposite direction. Hence, in 1849, the quantity imported reached very nearly 53.5 million pounds, while in the year of the first great exhibition, the importation had augmented to about 71.5 million pounds. In 1853, an act was passed reducing the duty immediately to one shilling ten pence and gradually to one shilling. Owing, however, to the outbreak of the Crimean War, this measure was not carried out. From April 1855 until April 1857, the duty remained at one shilling nine pence, being at this latter date reduced to one shilling six pence. Five years later, a reduction of six pence took place, and again in June 1865, a further reduction. 
since then no fiscal change has been effected the effects of these fluctuations have been sufficiently marked probably demonstrating that no further reduction short of absolute abolition would prove much of a boon to consumers in eighteen sixty one the imports increased to ninety six and a half million pounds the following year to close upon one hundred and fifteen millions in eighteen sixty three to nearly one hundred and thirty seven millions in eighteen sixty six to one hundred and forty millions and in eighteen seventy seven to the enormous figure of nearly one hundred and eighty eight million pounds one hundred eighty seven million seven hundred twenty one thousand fifty pounds actually thus in two centuries since the time of thomas garway's handbill offering a few pounds of tea to a select public the trade has grown with prodigious strides into a highly flourishing branch of commerce representing value to the extent of some twelve million sterling and in addition to the imperial revenue at even the existing duty of over four and a half millions irrespective of the value of the thirty two million pounds re exported from our shores End of chapter five